Welcome, everyone, to the TKW podcast. I am Anthony Corbo. Uh, you can find me at Corbo Anthony on Twitter. I am joined, as always, by Kyle Maggio at Kyle Maggio. What's going on, brother? Not a whole lot, man. I thought oh, you were coming out with heat on this one. I thought... Uh, I, I, I was. I, I was... Uh, I overthought it. Yeah, apparently. Undersold. Brian Gibberman. What's up, everyone? And joining us this week on TKW Pod, we have uh, famous to Nick's Twitter and close in all of our hearts, David Feudernick. How you doing, man? What's up? It's good to finally be on with you, boys. Hell yeah, dude. It's a long, long time coming. Yeah. All right. So let's do uh, let's do some early plugging. You can follow David Feudernick at David Feudernick on Twitter. We make it real easy on you guys. I feel like it's underappreciated. Um. You are an actor. Clever, no clever name for my uh, my handle. No, no uh, none of us. No. Uh, I am an actor, yes. I you, pretend to be other people. You've had roles on shows like you've been on Transparent, you've been on Shameless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a question about one of your shows. You were on a show on Amazon called Bosch, is that correct? That is correct. I've, I've not seen Bosch, but is it in any way related to Chris Bosch? <laughs> no, no. Uh has nothing to do with Chris Bosch. Unfortunately, there's no connection to the NBA whatsoever. Uh no, it's just a it's just a cop. Oh, okay. Well, you know, potential future career for Chris Bosch. Oh, I would have loved to have teamed up with Chris Bosch. <laughs> uh you were on uh last night too. You were on Adam Adam Ruins Everything, right? I was. Yeah, yeah, I pop on there a little bit. So the the I was an old college humor guy, and they produce Adam Runes Everything, so they bring in kind of the the old college Got humor it. crew and stuff. Well, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I have a time question for you. So, yes. what what was the ep- you were you on one episode of Shameless or multiple? One episode. Okay, what what episode was that? I was gonna go back and watch it before the podcast. Which episode was that? I think it was season six. Uh, it's, uh, like William H. Macy's grandson gets in trouble for doing a book report on Mein Kampf and I'm like his Jewish teacher, uh, who like calls him in and William H. Macy comes in and gives me an earful about the first amendment and whatnot. But, and, and thank you for asking Brian, cause <laughs> I was wondering as well, because I live in Chicago, like I've oh, seen nice. shameless. I've, I've, I've lived in Chicago for like six years now. I've seen pretty much all of Shameless. I dropped off towards the end there. I don't know, but uh, it's or to- gotten a little crazy uh, as the as the as the seasons have gone on. But gotta, uh, I'm waiting for a big catch up. I feel like that's what I need with the show. Is I just gotta I just gotta do it all in one sitting or a week or so. Um, but yeah, I I was I was wondering uh, which character you played on that show, and now I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Uh, like, most importantly, the, the, though, the Jewiest like teacher. <laughs> I have like a, I'm like wearing a yarmulke. It's the role I was born to play. It's yeah. why I grew my beard out. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, all things, happen. you know, it all works out in the end, right? Exactly. Anthony, you're not allowed to steal my thunder here. I'm going first. So I've been dating Emmy Rossum for about three years, oh, and she fuck right off, age. dude. This is. <laughs> Can you let her know for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a line to Emmy Rossum? No, I wish I did. I, 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 instead of date her, I'd rather just have her Nick seats. But uh, that's true. That, no, I, no, mean, I, would, I would have a line to her. Yeah, if there was ever a reason to uh, be friend zoned, I feel like those seats are definitely one of them. Uh, you have a basketball podcast of your own. I do. It's called Super Hoopers. Yes, it's far less serious than this podcast. We we don't really break a whole lot down. It's more of like roasting the NBA's news each week. We're well, very I, I, big big losers. I think you're underselling yourself. Of- <laughs> I think you're underselling yourself 
because uh well before we get into the basketball side of things you that show may have the best uh podcast intro outro that i've heard oh thanks thanks i had nothing to do with it but uh yeah um so a, a friend of john hills who's one of my co-hosts uh his name is he goes by dj nice wreck and he used to produce a bunch of stuff for Mac Miller and stuff, and he made that for us. So shout, shout out to Nice Wreck. He's yeah, very talented. Definitely professionally done. Uh, it, it, it's it's a great way to end things at the end too, uh, knowing that the hour that you just listened to was a waste. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, but it, it's it's a good podcast. I recommend everyone go check that out. Uh, Quick plugs for us to uh, just go follow us on Twitter. All of us, you heard our ads before. Follow the Knicks wall. Follow TKW podcast. Uh, find us on Twitch, our YouTube channel, too. It's not only this podcast. We got highlights that go up there. Uh, pretty much any kind of video content we do, you're going to find up there. Uh, check out the knickswall.com, uh, as usual, as you always do already. Uh, Mike Cortez at Cortez era on Twitter has a preview up for Washington's game on Thursday. Uh, so after you listen to this pod, you can go caught, get caught up before the game. And all right, David, you grew up in Huntington in my native land of Long Island, right? Now this is, this is where I'm, I'm going to let you down. No. I was born in, I was born in Huntington. Okay. I lived there for a few years, but I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut, which is oh, why I have. Oh, Kyle's territory. Uh, yeah. Correct. I have much more Connecticut pride than Long Island pride. So apologies. So you're, but, you're pulling a mellow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm like definitely from Brooklyn for sure. Yeah. What a homecoming. What a homecoming for me. <laughs> no connection to Baltimore whatsoever. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I have, I have a lot of New York pride. Most of my family's from there. I still have a lot of family on Long Island, but well, uh, that just kind of goes to show that, you know, you were cursed with the New York Knicks as we all were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I it, it's a much better time to be a Boston fan, which is, you know, where, where I grew up, it's split. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Way mm -hmm. better time when we were kids. Uh, to be a New York fan, and now it's way better to be a Boston fan. So it, it was a, it was a vicious turn of events. Yeah, but better you know better your teams are are good when you're a kid, I think, than now. I well, feel like like losses are much more crushing when you're like nine. You guys are a little younger than me, I think, but uh, you know, 1994 was like the most crushing thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> nah, that's true because I remember after uh, I think it was the 2000. Uh, the 2000 World Series with the Yankees and the Mets. The the Yankees lost one game, and I went to my room and cried. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was furious. Uh, my mom tried to console me. She's like, "It's just one game. It's a whole series. They're gonna win." And I was like, "I was like, no, no, it's unbelievable." There's, so it's it's true. There's so many angry Mets fans listening right now. They're like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah, oh, and, and deservedly so. You were sad about that one game, and then won the World Series. Oh, go. go. <laughs> <laughs> As if people could find more reasons to get mad at Kyle Maggio for they now have more ammunition. Every I tweet I tweet far less from my personal account now, and whenever I tweet, I, I manage to piss more people off every single time. It's unbelievable. You're filling a niche. Wow, that's that sounds so good. You've been doing it to me for two years now, so just <laughs> twice a week, man, just driving me insane. So we have a couple of different places you could start tonight. We obviously don't have any games to go through since the last podcast, but uh, we have some uh, some uh, trade rumors. We got uh, a preview for the game tomorrow. We have we have a lot. Where David, do you have any particular direction you want to start in here? Um, uh, we can start with the trade rumors. I guess that's the buzz today. So yeah, I, I would say that's probably the most pressing here. Um, right before we started recording this, it's Wednesday night as we record about 8.30 on the East Coast. Uh, some rumors started popping up around Twitter that Noah Vonley might be, uh, 
in consideration for a trade to the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's about as far as been reported since, uh, you know, since we started recording. And there's not really too much more to read into there. But if we're making assumptions here and let's assume that they are serious about these discussions, what are the Sixers? What are the Sixers going to offer back to the Knicks for Noah Vonley? Like, what 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 pieces do they have to deliver? I feel like they're either going to oversell or the Knicks are going to feel undersold. Yeah, I mean, uh, they can offer Fultz, which I mean, uh, is he ever going to really? I mean, is he ever going to be a good player? I mean, is he ever going to be on the court? Is really the bigger question. I mean that too. I, every everything surrounding him seems like such a disaster. I like the Knicks have enough projects. The, the last thing they need is to bring in a kid like that. It seems like his camp is all screwed up. It's like, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Is he just screwed up in the head? Like, um, so the only other piece would be Zaire Smith, and uh, I mean, he's coming back from a a rough injury, and I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, like, I I, I was I look Vonley has been so good this year. I, you knew that teams were going to be interested in him. And to be honest, I, I was really like, I, I was not counting on him coming back as a Nick next year anyway. So See, I, I think us on this podcast to this point, and everyone can go back and listen if they really wanted to, we'd appreciate the extra, you know, listens in there. But all of us on this point to this point have been pretty pro re-signing Bonley at a oh, reasonable I'm cost this summer. That's the, see, that's the ticket though. Right. At a reasonable cost. I think he played himself into a better contract. You know. To this um, point, I would agree with you. I think we've been kind of talking about the somewhere on the eight to twelve range is where we've all fallen so far this season. Eight to twelve million per year. Uh, I don't really Baker. know how many yeah, years. Ron Baker. The Ron Baker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that name has been. We can't say that name around here. Brian goes into a Hulk like <laughs> fit and. It's, it's getting to be uncontainable um, at this point. Just crippling depression sweeps over Brian when he comes up on this podcast. Depression yeah, and no just Tom anger, Christian followed by anger. We will not slander Ron Baker. Take it all back <laughs> before you even say it. But can't I mean, even go to say bars anymore without thinking of him. Right. I mean, and <laughs> like, as Kyle was prone to say earlier today, we can laugh because Ron Baker will not be in, in London, even though he was signed with both teams who are playing in London this year. And right. that is a travesty. It really is. He would have um, given great London content, too. Right. The, oh. the greatest London content. All right. Well, let's we'll, we'll circle back to Vonley. We need to talk about this next London content so far. It. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the Abbey Road photo today? Sorry. Yeah. First of all, you're not supposed to take that picture at night. No. It looks so shitty. There's so and much to talk about with this picture. The wizards. The wizards already took one that looks way better, and it's like has four people in it. Well, oh, I've, I've not seen that one. I was like, oh, I, it looks like they. I forget how many people are in the Knicks picture, but they're all clustered in. There's five. Night poorly lit like you're doing this completely wrong i'm like as a beatles fan i was very offended my favorite part about it oh they even have the mascot in there and everything right oh wow yeah that see that's well done they actually (laughs) did some planning my favorite part about it is there is a woman in the photo who's just walking towards the Knicks players in the sidewalk with her phone (laughs) in her hand And just clearly not giving a fuck about whatever, whoever was running social media for the Knicks that day. A brilliant thought to do, but probably should have been thought out, you know, a couple of weeks at least in advance. Um, There was also a yoga session in what looked to be a very old church of some sort. Did you guys see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... They're just really uh, leaning in hard here. But I will tell you, there is a company who's doing this completely right. This whole, uh, you know, London trip, this basketball, you know, intercontinental basketball thing we do every year. That company is Puma. The way that they're trotting Kevin Knox out there. It it is awesome. (laughs) Like sitting on the throne and Puma hoops. It is pretty awesome. Yeah, pumahoops.com slash TKW podcast. Uh, let them know that you <laughs> came day. from us. 
One day. One day, man. Um, let's get back to this Vonley thing real quick. Eight to yeah. twelve million for. Is there a maximum amount of years that they can sign him for? Is there any kind of context or stipulation for him? Because I kind of feel like if you give him ten million dollars a year for three years, that's is that on the short side of it? Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys probably know better about contracts than I do, but that seems oh. fair. That's, that seems long. I, you know, three years seems long? Yeah. I feel like four years seems long. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't do four. No, no way, no way. Um, I, I think I think they should try to get him for a two-year deal with, like, an option for the third year. You know, I, I don't... I don't know what they're gonna they're gonna do. I don't. I personally didn't think he was gonna resign after the year was up. Um, just the way they talk about the team, I, I wasn't sure that they were. But either way, uh, you got to look at it uh, with with Vonley is um, if if he move, I think he, they can still sign him in the summer even if they move him. So right, they should try to get. He's clearly been, you know, their most balanced player. Uh, arguably, arguably the the best player on this team this season, so you should just try to capitalize on that. You know, there's no guarantee that he's going to resign if you keep him. You right. could always resign him anyway. It changes nothing. Uh, if he really liked to hear, he could always come back. But um, I would I would just try to. Yeah, I think you got to try to capitalize. I don't know what they can get from Philly, but I I, I don't know well, whether or not he resigns here. I think you got to try to do it. The thing about we don't know how he would mentally handle being traded, and if mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, these guys traded me, they don't really want me, so I'm not going to consider going back there. That's something I think you have to take into consideration. I was just going back and forth with the Sixers beat writer to just try and get a feel for what they thought about the situation, and he doesn't think – now, this is nothing that he is reporting. It's just his own thoughts based on being around the team, that he didn't think that the Sixers would give up Smith or Fultz. Plus, they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be willing to take on a long-term contract for an expiring contract in terms of Lee or Hardaway. So in that sense, it just doesn't seem like anything would really line up to make sense, even though uh, Bondi from the Daily News reported that there was interest. It just feels like, it just feels like the, the Sixers would be giving up too much. It feels like Knicks fans are kind of treating this circumstance with how they value Noah Vonley similarly to how Dallas fans have been treating the Dennis Smith Jr. conversation uh, with how with him uh, potentially being on the trade market now. Apparently, it's been reported that both sides are uh, looking to split at this point. Um, and then there's been a couple of teams tossed around, specifically Phoenix, Orlando is in there. And then the Knicks as well. Uh, the trade that's been talked about is Dennis Smith Jr. along with with, with Wow. Okay, hold on. Let me take that back one second. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. There's a lot of S's in this sentence. Along with Wes Matthews for Tim Hardaway Jr. and Frank Nielakina. Given how this fan base and us at times of this podcast have treated Frank Nielakina this season. I have a jersey that says smokes on the back of it. This would probably not be a popular move, but is it the right move, Kyle? Now, I've gotten yelled at by a fair number of people since yesterday, and I thought this was, I thought it was like a really logical take that I had, and uh, some folks just simply did not agree with me. So, I thought it's pretty fair if you were going to offer Timmy um, and and Frank Nielakina for Dennis Smith Jr. and um, Wes Matthews, just you know some package based on that. I thought that was pretty fair because Timmy is an asset, you know, obviously, but he does have a big contract. You need to clear space, so you're basically in one shot. You're clearing the cap that you would need anyway that you've been trying to clear, and um, in doing that, you, you give yourself a good chance or a better chance of getting potentially two free agents this summer, I believe. And um, you also still get to retain a lottery talent in Dennis Smith Jr. And 
I think it's fair too because I think people and and he he does have weaknesses. I'm not trying to absolve him of that, but um, he's I think six months younger or older, sorry, than um, Frank Nielakina. Like they're basically the same age, and you know Frank to this point hasn't shown to be a very consistently good basketball player. As much as we love him, it's maddening. He it's just who he is right now. But Dennis Smith Jr. for all his faults has been you know, an NBA player, you know, he's been a young player, but an NBA player. So um, I believe from, you know, people who know the Mavericks better than we do said that he's improved his defense a little bit more this season. Uh, His shooting percentages are all up by at least five or 6% across the board. Um, Whether you look at the, the basic back uh, back scores or the advanced numbers, they're all up. Um, I mean, there's things he can still improve on, obviously, but he's playing a little bit of off position now in Dallas. So, I mean, to me, I'm seeing a, a guy who's actually still developing. And uh, it's just weird how people seem so out on him, you know, and just seem like, well, he is who he is. He's an empty stats guy. He's a Steve Francis 2.0. And um, then in the same breath, turn around and go, well, we need, you know, Frank's better because he needs to develop. And it's just, it's a very strange conversation to be had, but I think it's, it would be worth it. Yeah. I, I think he also he got early knocks when he uh, got drafted because of attitude issues. So I think he, he sort of has that attached to him. And I think that makes people, you know, Frank kind of goes about his business and that helps him a lot in people's patience with him. Whereas Dennis Smith Jr. is like, you know, was a lot more cocky and had issues with his coach at times when he was in Louisville. And um, I, I, I think that affects the way people perceive him. But also it's like... Uh, <laughs> We get him. We still have a point guard issue. It's like I feel like the Knicks are just never going to have a point guard. It's just for me, it's a question more of fit. I mean, I think there's been a lot of talk going around that uh, Frank Nealakina is destined to be a two guard at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. People are more encouraged to see what he looks like off the ball. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know if that means you necessarily should. You know, I think he could be a really good fit as time goes on. You know, it's it's me. The kind of ceiling on him has become a little bit more clear. I feel like in the last couple of, uh, you know, maybe the last year or so from this calendar date. But th- I feel like that doesn't mean the ceiling is low. It just means that he's not going to be, you know, a thirty point ten assist guy in the NBA. He's going to be maybe a little bit more of a supplementary player. But I think he's going to develop into a guy who's going to be able to play in just about every lineup. So I, for me, it's more of a question of fit where I think that uh, Frank Nielakina in the long run, even if they can keep him around and potentially on a little bit lower of a contract than maybe initially anticipated, Frank Nielakina, I think will be a better fit in the long run with this team than Dennis Smith Jr. And even though you're getting rid of, get, you're getting rid of Hardaway's money, it just, it, I don't know, maybe I'm still just too biased to the situation, but it just doesn't seem worth it to me. Where are you standing, Brian? I, I, I agree. I see the reason. I see both sides of this. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer here, and I know we're supposed to have like hot take opinions, but there is logic to the trade and getting off the contract. But for me, when I'm looking at Frank versus Dennis, and I think Kyle is right that people are writing off Dennis too early, and there's room for him to develop and him to get much better as a player. I like the fit of Frank with other star players if you're going to go say the point of getting off Hardaway's contract is to go out and get two stars whether it be Kyrie and KD Jimmy Butler some sort of duo like that and Dennis Smith doesn't fit as well with those guys as someone like Frank does I'd rather keep Frank than use your picks to get rid of a contract if you need to at that time because your picks will be devalued considering the type of talent that's going to be on the roster. So I know they have this hard, fast rule about not trading picks right now. That's dumb, number one. You should never have a hard, fast rule about trading picks. You always keep your options open. But secondly, that's a good way to maximize your draft picks if you're going to get top-tier talent like that, because then you'll be more attractive for the vet minimum guys, and you're going into a win-now mode right away. So I like the Frank fit with the stars versus Dennis. And that's why I would keep that, keep Frank over Dennis Smith. 
So I want to, let me ask you this. Let's go back to the point on the Knicks rule with trading first round picks and everything like that. Um, I think it was Bill Simmons podcast today. He had Zach Lowe on. Um, they were talking about, you know, they were talking about the Knicks for a moment. And I forgot exactly who they were referring to, but we can just kind of take it as, you know, any kind of player or asset that you think would be of value for this. But they, he specifically threw around the 2021 first round pick. Um, that I think Simmons said something along the lines of, and I could be misquoting, but I believe it was something along the lines of they should move this pick because, uh, because they should bet on themselves that they'll be good at that point or that, you know, they, or perhaps they will think that they will think that they're good at this time. So they should bet on that 2021 pick and try to move it along with maybe someone like Tim Hardaway jr. To free up cap space. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious twofold and anyone can kind of take this, but at what point do you think it becomes more acceptable for the Knicks to start moving their picks a little bit more freely? Um, and do you think that they're that moving hard away this summer, you know, is imperative. They should be maximizing getting two max free agents. David, you want to take, kick that off? Sure. I, I mean, I, I would like nothing more than to get rid of Hardaway's contract. Um, but the fact that we're like, we, we, we need to make the playoffs at least to start saying like, we can get rid of a first round pick in two years. I think they're, they're not even close to that. And I mean, how many off seasons now have we had to suffer through, uh, so-and-so is coming. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get that guy. And then it doesn't happen. So I, I think they're, they're in no place right now to get rid of a first rounder. I don't know. I, I think, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you should never say never, but it, it would, the, the approach that they've had so far, I think is correct. Like, I, I don't think they actually mean like there's, there's no circumstance in which they're going to trade a pick, but I, I just think it's like a general rule of thumb that they're going to be like, look, if it, if we have to give up a pick, we'd prefer to find another way or, uh, you know, just not, I, I guess to unless it's a they're gonna blow you out of the water like not do the deal but I I, right. I, I think it's I think it's fine uh, to kind of operate that way it's it's patience has been good for them so far in the last year and a half or so so exactly I don't know what it is maybe this is a hot take I have a feeling that it probably won't happen during this season but in the off season maybe around the draft uh the next 2021 pick will be first round pick will be traded along with Hardaway to clear up some space. There's no reason to do that unless you have a guy signed. Like, right. If well, they that's, have a, that's what I'm wondering guy, about. Right. If, if so, signed, so, if, if Kevin Durant is already signed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if, you, if, if it's oh, happening, if, then I think that they'll move off that first round pick without really, you know, t- without batting an eye at it, really. Right. And then you also want to put protections on it. There's no reason to sure. trade anything with protections. There's just no there's no rush for any of this. Like we've we've gone yeah. down this route before. Like when they dumped all the guys for the LeBron summer, they did it a year and a half in advance. And they ended up with a team that was probably worse than the team that they broke apart. a step back for a second i have a question for kyle kyle yep you mentioned today that there was an incident with some chicken heads can you explain oh okay so uh as everybody knows uh unfortunate things happen to me at strange times and also um, let's it's... let's go into the story as everyone knows because they've listened to this podcast before but david probably doesn't know you're a vegan Oh, I know. Guys, I'm an avid, he, he, avid okay. TKW Okay, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm aware that Kyle has made that unfortunate choice in his life and doesn't eat real food. You're listening just... You're listening to a man who would like to be back on this podcast at some point. <laughs> but Kyle, you're no. a vegan. Yeah, so uh, I did make a terrible choice. And um, so I'm a vegan. But we recently switched the dogs over to 
feeding them raw meat as opposed to the dry food. So we got just these boxes of chicken necks. So I split them up in the morning and I went through a couple of boxes since we did this with no issues. And then, and then this morning I go and I'm using the tongs and I'm like, oh, this is this is a really big neck. And I, I put it in the bowl and it's a chicken head. And I almost had a heart attack. Uh, I like to my, think my heart stopped. I feel like the first time I heard this story, you you didn't say that you were using tongs. You were just reaching in there with your hands. Oh, no, no. I'm not a fucking animal, Anthony. What the fuck? Well, okay. Jesus. You never know with those mitts. Oh, my. Ugh. So anyway, I was using, I was using tongs. Uh, yeah, why, why wouldn't I use tongs? When you said the chicken head story, I, I, I thought this could go a few I'm, different ways. Yes. These are literal chicken heads. Literal chicken heads. The thing that I really love about this, though, and maybe I find it more interesting than others, but I mentioned to you that I just, I I like the logic. I think it's good that you're feeding your dogs real food, everything like that. You know, we, we hear so many stories about the pet food industry and how they, you know, are just selling our animals garbage, but, uh, and we buy it. But I, just the contrast of you, the vegan, you know, Mr. Morningstar himself pulling a chicken head out of a bag to give to your completely carnivorous and enormous dogs. It just, it, I don't know. It just made me giggle. It, 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 it is. And the, and the worst part of that is uh, after I put the chicken head back in the bag in a panic, I then reached across to the other side of the bag <laughs> to try to get, you know, to finish putting the next in the bowl. And uh, I picked out yet another chicken head. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, it was really, really quite the start for me today. Um, the crazy I, thing is the, the dog witnesses, and now the dog chose to become a vegan, too. So Yes, yes. He, uh, he understands meat as murder. So Yeah. If, <laughs> is, is there a vegan option for your dogs? No. Uh, every, did you guys ever hear that? Do you guys ever watch Joe Rogan stand up? I have not. He has, he, has, he has this bit about, uh, I, I guess, on Instagram, he found a hashtag for vegan cats. And they all looked sickly and like they were going to die. So I, I Mello, would never. Mellow cannot go on a vegan diet. No, no, no. I, I used to be a cat owner and um, when I lived in New York still. And my girlfriend at the time was uh, raw vegan. And she asked the vet if the cat could be vegetarian. And the, and the vet said dogs can be vegetarians, but cats can't. Because cats have to yeah. feel like they killed something. I understand. That makes mm. a lot of sense to me, actually, because I have a long-standing theory that cats are just not even from this planet. Um, but, <laughs> Kyle, your dog is... Wait, ba- shirt. Spit my water up. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting that one, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, Kyle, your, your dog is larger than your wife. Oh, yeah, no, he, he quite literally, factually... Is no, so. like, yeah, that's that's completely true. Your dog, I feel like if it didn't eat meat for a you know a period of hours, may end up with some kind of health issue. Like that thing just looks like it needs to constantly be gnawing on a turkey leg <laughs> in order to sustain, uh, to sustain life. I don't even think he chews the bones that I feed him. Uh, it scares me. I was going to talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> it was a, it was a joke, but he, he, really like... he really doesn't chew the bones. <laughs> He's got like a, like an Eddie Curry thing going on. So the Knicks are in London right now, and they are due to play a game later on against the Washington Wizards. Uh, I feel like the biggest news that's come out of that so far is uh, Mitchell Robinson is probably going to make a return. I believe David uh, <laughs> David Fisdale, I'm just calling him David Robinson. Uh I believe David Fisdale said that he will be listed as questionable, but barring any setback in practice, he will be playing. Uh, I feel like this couldn't come at a better time for the Knicks. Obviously, Vonley has started at center with Cornette kind of coming back to earth a little bit. And Cantor, will, you know, is not with the team, uh, for, you know, fearing for his life. So, yeah, Mitchell Robinson coming back. Uh, Brian, how, how, are, how excited are you to see him back on the court? I can't believe you insulted Mitchell Robinson and brought up David Robinson's name in his presence. I know, I know. He'll get there um, one day. That's a hot take. The the cornet the cornet they made it like the cornet uh, was just a matchup based move for the Sixers game, and they're gonna go back to cornet and Vonleh. 
So that I'm excited for Mitchell Robinson. Can I, can I ask you a question though? I don't get it. Why like basketball in London happens? They have like leagues there. Why is the Knicks and Wizards, two terrible teams being there, such a big deal? There's like 400 reporters going to cover this. I didn't think basketball in London was all that unique or anything crazy about it. I think it's just the novelty of when um, professional teams come from the other countries. Because, for example, I think Barcelona and Juventus came to MetLife two years ago. No, last summer. Summer of uh, 2017. And I went. And I think they had a, there was like 88,000 people there, something like that. And I mean, there was a lot of people there. There was a lot of press there. So, I mean, obviously those are like the best soccer teams in the world. But a lot of those teams from over there, even the regular ones that, you know, like a, like a Wizards team here. Um, and, and people go to those. So I, I just think it's just the novelty of seeing the, you know, the best in the world, um, you know, like in speaking in terms of the league coming over and actually playing. I was just going to say, watching the 2018-2019 uh, Knicks will definitely uh, turn turn some uh, some British people into huge basketball fans. Yeah, right? Like, as if, <laughs> as if, I mean, there's, not, even, there's no just, spectacle. Right? There's no spectacle to these games. John Wall's not even out there. So you have, you have no John Wall. You have, like, you're basically going there to watch Bradley Beal and... The second biggest draw at this game is Kevin Knox. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I had a roommate one time who my first roommate ever, my first year when I was a freshman in college, I moved into the dorm and the first day I got there, he was moving out because he had received an offer to go play professional basketball in England, uh, you know, in some London league. And that sounds impressive, but this man, he, I mean, he looked like if Porzingis was put into a shrink ray, like it was, it was just like, he was maybe six, two, like maybe weighed 170 pounds. And like this, this guy's going over to play full professional basketball in England. I just, I think even a Knicks wizards game is going to prove to be slightly more entertaining than some of the, uh, you know, uh, British leagues over there or whatever uh, they may be called. Um, but yeah, Mitchell Robinson being back, I am just so hyped for to see some actual defense being played on the court. We've been talking about it for the last couple of pods, but it just feels like, uh, you know, Noah Vonley is doing everything for himself. This is going to be a relief. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get a couple of perimeter blocks in this game. I just feel like Robinson's going to come out with a vengeance tomorrow. It's going to be fun to see. I feel like he's played well against the Wizards too, because he's gotten into those little like tiffs with uh, Markeith Morris in the uh, in the preseason game and then the regular season game. I feel he like he, o- he owns them, game. the Morris twins. He owns them. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's already a- already it took it took like fifteen games for him to own both of them. <laughs> That's a bad idea for his safety, though. That's that true. That would not end well for him fighting the Morris twins. Uh, for sure. Sure. I, I he, take, he take a swift L. I'm stalling right now as I try to find the wizard's record. Uh, and I just keep on clicking the same Google link over and over again. And it just takes me in this little loophole. It's very they, bad. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. No, but they could make the playoffs. It is the East. Well, I saw, I just, there was a headline here a second ago, but oh man, there's a Ron Baker article up here too. There's like three, oh man, there's like two Ron Baker articles. That's such a shame. He makes shame. an impression wherever he goes. That's how important yeah, he is. Yeah, but he doesn't sure. go anywhere for very long. The only reason he was in New York for two years was because of a no trade clause on his contract or a, you know, whatever, a CBA rule. A well-earned contract, I might add. Is yeah. he just, like, in a gym somewhere in the Midwest right now just, like, waiting for a phone call? Like, what, what is he doing now? I like yes. to think he's writing more children's books. <laughs> he's working on a sequel. He's in a gym somewhere, except the gym is a cornfield. I think he is in an attic of a barn, and there is, like, workout equipment in one corner, and he is, like, writing in the other corner, and he just does nothing but walk between those two corners of this room, you know, either writing a children's novel or series. Uh, 
and you know doing but like i'd imagine he's wearing like you know all, an all gray sweatsuit that has like a little notch cut out of the front of it and like a white headband while he curls plate weights in the corner right and he like helps the farmer out right 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 the, the old farmer he's doing essentially what like you know he's going he's like what doing what bruce wayne did in batman and uh, you know in the in the newer batman series in batman beyond where he goes to train with qui-gon jinn um and it's just it, it it's the little you know he's just taking a little getaway he's gonna help the farmer out a little bit he's gonna do some chores he's gonna learn a little something he's gonna learn the right way then he's and, gonna find out the farmer used to play basketball right right um and then ron baker will be batman and all has been solved. Is there anything else to talk about against the Wizards on uh, for tomorrow night's game? Is there? I mean, we have Bradley Beal, we have Otto Porter Jr., I Thomas Sadoransky. I don't know if I can really tell you the rest of the roster beyond that. I've heard their center is pretty good. Is that Thomas Bryan? Thomas Bryant. Yeah. I'm great. disappointed. I'm disappointed you guys didn't just roll the farmer thing throughout the rest of the podcast and just have that go for another thirty minutes. Farmer Ron, man. Yeah. <laughs> The baker becomes a farmer. There we go. There we go. Maybe he'll take up bacon after this. He's got go. a story. He's going to do like a like a Cody Parky thing and just like create a whole fucking story out of this. There you go. There we Wait, go. Wait, what did Cody Parky do? I mean, he's he's all over Good Morning America and everything. The you know the missed field goal. Missed field goal. I knew that part. He did a media tour. Yeah, after... he's doing a media tour behind it. Even after it came out that uh, the ball was blocked. Right, the ball was tipped. So right, wasn't his fault. Yeah, he's he's using this uh, media tour to like basically promote his faith and uh, and that you know you have to stand up to adversity in moments like these when everything seems lost. Basically, he's turn he's shilling out his depression, his post game depression. That's a new one for a media tour. Never heard of such a thing for a losing kicker. Like Scott Norwood didn't go around bragging after he blew the Super Bowl for the Bills. Like just go go away and hide if you're a kicker and you screw up. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, he yeah. also missed well, he missed four field goals in a game earlier this season. Yes. But still won the, that game, I think. Well, at some point karma catches up to you, right? Right. Um all right, I think well, we might have covered it all as far as Knicks are concerned. Uh, let's 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 turn back to Kyle here. Kyle, you said there was another incident that happened to you uh, where somebody found something in your home that wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a it was a rough. You said you wanted to get them hours. in. You said you wanted yeah, to get them yeah. in, and now they're in. So, so apparently, my mother-in-law came over while we weren't here. And found who has a key uh, to the house that you own. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, emergencies. Okay, fair. You know, so, so, sometimes I need the dogs to get taken out if I'm not here or something. But I rent uh, and have two roommates, so this whole is foreign to me. Yeah, so uh, so she may have found weed, and to her, it's a big devil's deal. Devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce. Oh, so uh, you're talking about reefer here, right? Yeah, I, I am. In fact, so. The Wait, pot. Your mother-in-law has no idea you smoke. No. How long have you been with your wife for? Six years. <laughs> it, it just really straight edge, not in. Doesn't do they? Are they cool with booze? Oh yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it's they Wait, <laughs> they just don't think it's good for you. It, it happens. Mother doesn't get high, dude. Come on, dude. She yeah. sounds. Fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just yeah. what was, so how did she respond when she picked? Uh, like, did she like text I, you guys? Did she like I, pick I it up and investigate? Here. Did she smell? 
I, no, I wasn't here. She she was here when we weren't here, and then she told my wife, and then I I wasn't here when that did happened. Did you ground so. her? No, but like a did I like a disappointing you, talk to. If she was smart, she just shifted all the blame to you and blamed it on you. So she that's didn't right. Yeah, you did say yeah. you were gonna fall no, on your no, sword, that, and that, did you? That's what we that that's what we did. I was just like, just tell her. It's because I needed it for which this is all true, by the way, because I Anthony knows I didn't smoke for quite some time. And then I started picking it up and it mostly was because I was curious about the headaches, to be honest. And then I stayed for other reasons. But um, <laughs> you do it, suffer from uh, migraines very, very yeah, commonly. I have but... I have uh, post concussive syndrome. So uh, I have just my, like random migraines that come. Then they're like blinding and they like I can't see very well and. This explains uh, so much. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, fought, we found it off on that, and I was like, look, I was just trying to use it for my headaches, and you know, Jesse tried it out. No big deal. Stop being mad at us. It's 2019. I think the only way to solve this is you and your mother-in-law have to take a trip to California and just get high. That's what I say. That's what I was saying. You got to get stoned with her now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not gonna happen. Roll up a backwoods. He's not paying attention. Roll up a backwoods. Walk in there. And just talk to her. Just say you gotta you gotta hit this loud. So, <laughs> I walk out of there with a knife likely in the side of my neck. I mean, oh you're oh you're saying if she gets high, she's gonna stab you. Oh no! That, that, no, I would just get stabbed. Anyway, oh, she's, but, okay. oh. yeah, no, I, thought you, I don't think I thought she, you were would. Afraid she might get violent. No, no, no. She, no, she, she's just like has like a more old world mentality about it. So yeah, so he is falling on his sword, which I guess is a, a knife through the neck now in 2019. Well, we don't know if it's gonna work, but I'm trying. Is there anything else we have to discuss tonight as far as the New York Knicks are concerned? Uh, I'm gonna now that the talks have picked up a little bit more. Um, I'm just going to ask, because I asked this a couple weeks ago, how confident or not confident are you in that the Knicks are going to get some kind of a deal done? Because now we're starting to hear guys like, like obvious guys are like from before, you know, like Cantor, like we figured they might be shopping Cantor or Courtney Lee we heard about. But um, hearing a guy like Von Ley, who's been really good and he's still pretty young, like now that's starting to sound like, I know it wasn't like anything about talks. It was just that the Sixers were interested in them. Um, but how, how, how are we feeling now as we kind of, I think we're three weeks out from the trade deadline. So what do you guys think? I, the trade deadline this year is on February 7th. That's, yep. that's so early. I mean, it's, it's earlier than other years, but um, I'm really more surprised that talks haven't picked up a little bit more uh, around the league, really not even just with the Knicks, but um, I, I don't know. There's, I just feel like, uh, there's a good chance that someone like Vonley will be included as a sweetener um, to move out one of those bigger contracts. But, you know, I, I feel like Courtney Lee is going to be the one that's the most shopped around for the, you know, f- until the seventh comes around. I don't really see him moving. Um, I feel like Ennis Cantor is going to just end up with a buyout. I just feel like the Knicks don't have anything of great value around the league unless they were to. Uh, you know, give up someone like Vonley as well. Yeah, or Frank. Or, but who would you rather of the two? If you're a Knicks fan sitting here and one's got to go because you got a, you know, a big cat space clearing move in front of you, you know, would you rather see Vonley go or would you rather see Frank go or would you just rather it not be pulled off at all? Oh, Vonley, for sure. Yeah, just because of the contract situations. Right. The guy was under team control. For sure. After. Right. I bet I would bet on them a smaller deal, something like the Moudier McDermott thing that comes out of out of nowhere. Like Bomb might get shipped out for a player that's on a longer contract that's cheap or something like that. I don't know, something along the lines of that. I don't even know the player. And uh Cantor ends up getting bought out or just traded for someone that they buy out could be another thing. I, I don't think it'll be anything major, but I uh, I I would bet that we they make one minor trade before the deadline. I'm basically in that boat as well. That's kind of interesting, though. Uh, do you think something might happen with uh, Moutier or even Trey Burke, potentially? 
if any team wants Trey Burke, I'm sure they can have him. Mm, that's yeah. very true. What about Moody? For, for, uh, for a second rounder or something, I, I don't see Trey getting much. No, I don't see him getting much at all. I'm just wondering if he'll be on the team within you know four weeks' time. I guess Moutier is really the one I'm more curious about. Uh, do you, will the Knicks try to turn his season that he's had so far, which to our eyes probably seems mediocre, but maybe around the league kind of shines a little bit more. Do you think they could turn him into maybe a late sec, uh, late first-round pick or an early second or something of that nature? I think they. I think they should if they can. I. I think they. Sh- I think this is probably the highest you'll ever be able to sell him. I think he. He's had some really nice games. He. He's proved that he can be a better scorer than he has been in years past. Uh, I. I. I think they should try to get rid of him. There's. I. I don't. He's not in the future plans. I. I. I seriously doubt he's in the future plans. I think they should try to sell him because I think he's probably played, maybe the best stretch of basketball he will play. I I agree that I don't think his value is ever going to get higher than it is right now. Um, yeah, but I think that's about it as far as guys that you can move on that you're looking to move on for. I'm like, you know, Lance Thomas has such a low guarantee on his contract next year that he'll just get waived. There's really no reason to try to move him. Cantor maybe is the other guy, but I just I don't see any teams biting on his contract even if it's just through the rest of the year. Like Sacramento maybe, but they're just about the only one who can take him on for nothing, right? Yeah, Lance could be uh, used as a salary filler. Mm, if, that's true. Like someone with bond wanted Bonley and they need more money involved, but didn't want to take on more money. So that's I what a Fultz deal or something like that would kind of look like. I'm sure. Yes, exactly. It'd have to be Bonley and Lance. If say they didn't want to take Courtney Lee because they don't want the money going forward. If they wanted to trade right. Zeit or 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 uh bolts to get them they would have to do that yeah that makes sense to me uh i don't yeah i I can't really think of anyone else who would need to be moved um yeah i think that's that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight right it sounds like a resounding yes to me (laughs) uh you're just gonna let that sit there for yeah no it's all right we do it every episode Kyle's rolling up a fat blunt right now. Yeah, no, he's, he's got to go see his mother-in-law in a second. It's all good. Um, all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thank you to David Futernick for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. It was fun. Yeah, more than welcome to come back. Uh, yep. Follow him at David Futernick. You can see him on shows sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you turn on your screen, there he is. It's, it's a great little surprise. Uh, Kyle Maggio... Uh, is not on your screen but in all of our hearts thanks for stopping by and brian giberman too um make sure to follow our youtube channel us on twitter follow this podcast give us a rate and review all that good stuff um we will talk to you all what's today wednesday we'll talk to you all on sunday night all right till then (laughs) 